God bless you as we seek the Lord together for the year 2022. This is STL 22. Glory to God for the unspeakable gift of salvation he has blessed us with. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining in again. Thank you, Jesus, for blessing us with a new day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm asking that you would teach this lesson by your spirit for your glory directly to your people in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to hear a rhema word from you. We need understanding. We want to hear what you are saying to your church in this season. We want to hear what you are saying directly to us in this season of our lives. Lord, in the name of Jesus, give us instructions. Give us understandings. In the name of Jesus, Lord, prick our hearts if we are wrong. Correct us and direct us in the name of Jesus um, onto the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. In the name of Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you so much. It is in Jesus' name that we do pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We glorify God because he's so good. He is so awesome. And so I'm excited to get into this lesson. Of course, we are still speaking about Ruth. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who is sending in testimonies about how all of these lessons have been so helpful. It is amazing to me. Um, even this Ruth, um, this week that we have where we're learning about Ruth, it is really blessing a lot of you. And I really do glorify the Lord for that. He knows exactly what we need and he knows how to deliver it to us. So I'm so grateful for you all. I'm so grateful we are growing together. I'm so grateful that we are able by the word of God, because of his spirit and this understanding, we're able to go into our next season and our next assignments and the tasks that God has laid before us um, in the right spirit, with the right knowledge, with the right scriptural application so it can bear the right fruit for us and for God's glory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I was in prayer this morning, you all, and I just have to, I just, I, I've continually feel led to talk about this and um this is the most i've ever spoken about giving giving in my entire time of having this ministry okay so since 2016 when i started this ministry i have not spoken about giving so much and i know for sure i'm hearing from the lord this is coming straight from his heart and um of course he is using scripture to substantiate everything that he's using me to teach you um but I can't teach you something that's not in me. I can't teach you something that I don't live. And so um, in speaking about Ruth, we are being led by the Holy Spirit to learn what it means to actually be a giver. Now, I know for sure that we give our time. Trust me, that is a way that we all should give um, to our families. That's our assignment. Um, to our churches, that's some other um, assignments. Okay. Um, I have absolutely served in church and given my time and things of that nature. Um, but there's also service in giving from our substance. And this is what God wants me to talk about. Um, as a leader and as I grow and mature, the Lord is expanding what I have, what I teach and what I speak about. Um, and it is for your maturity also. Okay. So as a good leader, I'm supposed to lead you in all ways concerning this gospel. I'm not supposed to just pick and choose what we speak about or what's important because it's all important. And quite frankly, 
giving is of the utmost importance. So I pray that you all know that this is all coming from the Holy Spirit. This is not me. This is not typical of me. This is not something that I have always taught about or always talked about, but I'm going to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is causing me to be a good leader by having me teach you these things. And God has been a good leader to me and teaching me these things over the years and teaching me how to implement these things. So I'm going to, I'm condensing everything that I have enacted and implemented over several years into these little lessons for you all. Okay. And so you don't have to go through the years of learning this thing and it, um, you know, being a part of your character and all that stuff. You have someone who can just teach you, um, and also give you testimony too. Amen. Amen. So, um, I was literally in prayer this morning rejoicing. So I just want to tell you all this. And first of all, let me give this disclaimer. If you don't have money, don't feel bad. Take these lessons and use them for when you do have money. Remember, in that Eve season, we didn't talk about giving. <laughs> in that Eve season where you are literally naked and God is um, imparting into you and he's designing you and he is um, spending that one-on-one -on -one time with you where he's pulled you away. Usually in those seasons, we don't have anything to give but ourselves. Amen. So I want to make that clear. So listen, give yourself. You have to follow with the seasons, but I want y'all to take this because this is meat. This is the word of God. This is strong drink. This is for the mature. So when you keep moving on and you've answered that call, now you're getting into a season where God is going to stretch you and have you to um, demonstrate your yes, demonstrate your faithfulness, demonstrate your maturity, demonstrate your humility, your obedience, and your willingness to do whatever it takes to advance his kingdom by giving. And as you move on, it's going to be the same thing. He will expand his expectation of you. Okay. So when I find a good leader, let me just tell y'all personally, okay? Listen, I don't want y'all laughing at me or anything like that, but when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God, I get so giddy about it. I love Jesus, okay? I really do. And he has placed people on this earth, oh my goodness, who are going to help me by the words of their mouth that he's put in their mouth to get closer to him and these people are going to help me, encourage me, prophesy to me, and teach me as I'm journeying to heaven. Like when I tell you, when I find a real leader, I am so giddy about them. When a person is able to pour into my life and they don't even know me, I am so appreciative. And I literally look at them like they are royalty, like to me, these are kings. Like, you know how scripture says God has made us kings and priests, all of us. Like when I look at people who are pouring into me and who have helped me and who have been there for me and prayed for me and prophesied to me or just been given like straight up accurate sermons. When I listen to their sermon, I'm like, oh no, he didn't just say that. No, he, what's his cash app? I can't. Let me tell you, my response <laughs> has always been that way. And the reason why is because I I love to give. I can't even give y'all a deep, <laughs> a deep reason, but it's like, I'm in the presence now, even if it's just online, y'all. Okay. Don't laugh at me. I I'm telling you, don't laugh at me. I feel like I'm in the presence of royalty. 
And I feel like this person is pouring something out upon me that I needed to survive. Like I needed this information. I needed this knowledge. I needed this impartation. This is the word that I needed. Now, let me tell you all something. I don't always feel led to give to every person who has given like a nice sermon or something like that. But if a person is able to speak into my season, that right there, I'm sewing into that. If a person is consistently used by God to be a blessing to me, that I'm sewing into. I mean, we come across good sermons and things like that. Um, but you know, I don't always feel like every single sermon that I hear, every single person I should give something to. Okay. Um, if the person that I happen to be listening to in that season has passed away, I will do things like purchase their books or give to their surviving spouse. Um, because I'm really serious about blessing the people who bless me. Like if I can see God has placed this person in my life, <laughs> like, I don't care if it was, you know, to like, you know, on the inside, when someone has affected your life. You know, we listen to some sermons and we say, oh, these were good sermons. Thank you, Jesus. But there are some things that just affect your life. And so those are the people that when I meet someone where I can say, man, this has affected my life. I'm a better individual because of this person. I, You know what? I reached out to this person to pray for me. This person prayed for me. You know, this person um, did this or that, or they just spoke into my life in such a precise way that it encouraged me. Those are the people who I happily joyfully so into okay so i was literally thanking the lord in prayer because listen i'm like god thank you so much because okay you know i've given tithes and offerings and all that stuff that i teach you about and so i had some money left over and i was able to give what i had left over <laughs> to this um person who i was listening to who every time i listen to them they just bless me like they're just not a passerby sermon like theirs is jesus christ himself is speaking through this person to edify me to help me to build me up and to confirm things for me okay so i'm like yeah i'm sewing into whatever he's doing i seriously love god's people so Sewing is an honor. It's a privilege. And again, if somebody is blessing me, I'm definitely, it's, it's, it's for me, it's like a natural response. Okay. And so we're going to dig into some scriptures. So I was thinking, God, I'm like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. You know, I was able to give him the, you know, the rest of whatever I had. And I was so happy about it. I'm so grateful to be able to do that. Like it brings me joy. It brings me pleasure to be able to take from my substance and give. It just feels really good to me. Um, and it's a great exercise of faith. Like I don't, it's, you know, my mind has been trained in a way and we'll speak about that. Um, because there was a time where I'm like, yeah, I need to plan. I need to save. I need to budget. And I'm not against any of those things. I, if you all were on the mailing list back then, I sent out some um, special made planners for men and for women. You know, if you want to plan with your finances and you know how much you spend on groceries and how much you spend on this and how much you spend on that. But let me tell you all something. My efforts at financial planning with, you know, I'm saving this much money and I'm doing all this because I have these goals and stuff like that. None of that worked out for me, honestly. 
it seems like every single time the Lord would literally be like, <laughs> that's a blow. That's a blow on my efforts to save. And it's not that he would blow me into poverty, but he would blow me into faith that says, Tiffany, whatever you need, I will provide it. You don't have to penny pinch, scrimp, scramp, and all that. I just made up those words for what you um, desire from me. I know how to bless you. Okay. And when we live lives as sowers and we are generous givers, we can live in that type of grace to where we don't have to um, bug out and penny pinch about everything because we have already secured our future by the way we've sown. Okay. So I really want to teach you all this because it's very important to me. And the Lord is, he wants me to teach you all these things. Um, I do believe, and I'm confident that God actually really does want a strong faith seed from you. And I don't want anybody to think Tiffany is just trying to get our refunds. Tiffany is trying to get our stimuluses or whatever it is, because I'm telling you all, this is not the case. I am literally just being led by God to teach you what he wants me to teach you. And you take this information and you take it into your prayer closet and you do what you want with it. Okay. But your blood is off of my hands because I've told you. If there's a devouring demon, if whatever ha whatever happens, happens, it's none of my business. But we do have to go through seasons where we are sowing and we have to learn to sow because we love God. And we're going to get into those scriptures too, because we do reap if we don't faint. So that lets us know that as we're sowing, there's a waiting period. Nobody puts a seed in the ground and then the next day they look out there and there's like a whole orange grove of trees. That doesn't happen. Okay. What happens is you sow and then you wait for harvest to come around. Sometimes depending on your season, it comes around qu quicker than others, but we can always rest assured that because we sow, we are covered. And the Lord was imparting this into me, that there are some of us who actually have needs. And the reason why they have not been met is because we did not sow. We did not think it was important. We would do it when we felt like doing it. And it's not something that we were faithful with. So now we literally do have to penny pinch in my made up words, scrimp and scramp for what it is that we want. Okay. So, um, I, I, and what the Lord had told me about this is that, these were people who picked and chose what they wanted to do and what they wanted to be zealous about when it came to my word, but they didn't want to be zealous about giving. And now life has happened and we're going to get into these scriptures and they have a need and now they have to wait. Now they have to go through some trying times. Okay. Because they were not faithful when seed time came, they were not faithful. So if you haven't planted anything, why do you think that you're supposed to have a full basket when harvest time comes around? That's just not how it goes. That's not how it goes. So a part of our service, you all, um, and I'm going to get into that definition right now. Um, serve to serve. It means to be of use, to be favorable, opportune, or convenient, to be worthy of reliance or trust. To prove adequate or satisfactory. This is what it means to serve. Okay. It means to, um, to put in, it means to perform the duties. It means to furnish or supply with something needed or desired. 
It means to furnish um, a service to. It means to answer the needs of. It means to suffice for something, to be enough for something. It means to contribute or conduce to. Come on here. Okay? So um, we have this obligation as servants. And a part of our service is to furnish or supply the needs, to answer the needs of, to contribute or be conducive to the needs of, or um, to be enough to the needs of. We are supposed to supply and furnish as servants, period, okay? That's not me, that is the definition. Okay, so turn with me to Ruth, and I'm gonna read the New Living Translation, and anytime you see me reading different versions of the Bible, the reason why I'm doing that is for, contextual clarity. I want us to be able to understand the scripture in its context and the way I'm teaching it. So I will choose the translation or the version that most clearly states what the original text means. Okay. Amen. That's why I do it. So, um, Ruth chapter two, verse 18, and this is the new living translation. I have found that oftentimes I can go to the New Living Translation for the plainest definition of a scripture, for the plainest interpretation. I can't always do it because sometimes they make it so plain that it takes away from the substance of the scripture, okay? Um, but like, for example, the New Living Translation um, version of 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, breaks down head coverings with, with there's nothing for us to be confused about. It's very plain. But then there are other times when NLT makes it a little too plain and it takes away the substance of the word of God. Okay. So I choose, um, the, the scriptures that are most clearly translated and I'm very careful about that. Okay. Um, so Ruth chapter two, verse 18, I'm reading the new living translation, which is a great translation, especially if you need it plain. Okay. Listen to this. So Ruth, she had this entire basket. She's been working, she's serving, she's been working hard and she has this basket and she carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. And so the Lord used this scripture when he was speaking to me today um, in prayer, when he was talking to me about how excited I was about being able to give what I had left over. And he brought this scripture of Ruth to mind, in Ruth to mind, excuse me, how she had given or she had taken what was necessary and then she gave what she had left. So when we put this in the context of finances, because there is a way scripturally that we are supposed to handle our finances. So we put this in that context and we say, I have handled the things I need to handle. And I'm gonna tell you all something. I pay my tithes, like my tithes are very important and um, I do my due diligence to not allow my tithes to be second, okay? I really do and I really try to um, implement strong trust in God with that, that I'm going to pay my tithes even if I'm behind on some of my bills. And I know everybody doesn't think that way and some teachers and leaders will tell you not to do that. I'm not gonna tell you to do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you to rob God, okay? 
Some people say, listen, you pay your tithes if you, you know, if you have it left over after you've paid all your bills. To me, if God says that you rob me, if you don't give tithes and offerings, I would rather be behind on my rent or behind on whatever else before God looks at me and say, you're a thief. Because we act like judgment day is not real. You can be behind on your rent, drop dead and have to deal with God at, um, as somebody who was tithing and giving their offering, um, you know, the way they were supposed to, or you could pay that rent tomorrow, not be promised to you. And then you have to stand before God in judgment, trying to figure out why that was so important to you and not pleasing God. So I'm always going to teach you to please God and trust God. Okay. And I am a firm believer and have absolutely saw that God will take care of your needs and supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so when it comes to the tithing and the offering, like, you know, you give that, you give everything that you're supposed to give. Basically, you take everything out of whatever you receive and you give what you're supposed to give. But what we see here is that Ruth actually had something left over that she could have really benefited from. You know, she could have used that. It could have brought her some satisfaction, some indulgence, some pleasure. She could have saved that to the side for another day when she got a little hungry, but she did not. That wasn't even her intentions. She took it and she gave what was left over to the one whom she was serving. And this is a part of our act of service, giving. Okay. That is a part of our, um, service act. So we're, we're being Ruth and we're showing sympathy and we're showing pity and we're showing mercy and we're showing that we have such a large heart and all those things that we give to what's beautiful and to what's sweet and to what's delightful. Okay. We give to that, that Naomi's type situation. The gospel is a beautiful, um, delightful, sweet type of thing that we want to sow into. We want to sow into the sweet, beautiful things of the spirit. So we thank God for that. Um, now I want you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes 11, 11, because the Lord specifically brought this to me. So when you hear this, you are hearing what God wants me to teach you. <laughs> This is what God is saying about this. Okay. It's really um, time for us to mature in this area of our lives. We have to grow up. Some of us struggle. Some of us go back and forth and um, things of that matter. The Bible says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. And um, some of you lack faith. You've been double minded and you've been unstable in your ways, including in, in giving. But you really need to mature now. You need to mature in your faith. You need to be sure about what you are waiting to receive from God. And you need to be consistent in what you do and how you do it. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And I'm going to read the Holman Christian Standard Bible. And I'm going to read this version for the aforementioned reasons. Okay, I'm starting at verse one. And this is what wisdom says to us. Send your bread on the surface of the waters or cast your bread upon the waters for after many days, you may find it. Okay. Give a portion to seven or even to eight for you don't know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full, listen to this, they will pour out rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or the north, the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. One who watches the wind will not sow, and the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. 
just as you don't know the path of the wind, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, explain this all to you or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman. So you don't know the work of God who makes everything in the morning. sow your seed and at evening, don't let your hand rest. Keep sowing because you don't know which will succeed, whether one or the other, or if both of them will be equally good. Whoa, that right there, that right there is a deep scripture. Let's get into that. He says, send your bread upon the surface of the water. He's saying, take that thing that, you know, um, would usually be used for your sustenance or, or whatever. Cast that thing out. Begin to give that thing away. And listen to what he says. He says, give a portion to seven or even to eight because you don't know what disaster may happen on the earth. He is literally directly connecting sowing to securing our future. Haven't we spoken about this? Didn't we speak about this? I believe in the, the previous lesson. Um, sowing secures your future. He says, give a portion to seven or even to eight. Now, let me tell you how, what I taught you in the liberal giver is all Holy spirit and all scriptural. This is it right here. I told y'all give your tithes and your offerings, give your first fruit, give to your leaders, give alms. I teach y'all the five scriptural ways of giving scripture stretches us even more and says, give a portion to seven or even to eight. What did I tell y'all to do? Look on GoFundMe and see if God will show you somebody where he says, I want you to sow into their lives. Look and see if there's some type of organization um, that you say, you know what? I want to give a little something here. I'm not telling you to give them $10,000, $50,000. If all you have is a dollar to give, give it to them, but cast your bread upon the waters because after many days, you're going to find it again. <laughs> Everything you do will come back to you. If you cast it out, it will come back to you. And what happens to bread when it touches water? Come on here. It swells up. So whatever you put out there is going to come back to you bigger. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, give a portion to seven or even to eight. Take that thing and divide it and sow it everywhere you can. Seven, um, perfect. Eight new beginning. You want to get into that? Um, do it. You know what, God, I'm going to take this. I'm sowing $8,000 for my new beginning. I'm sowing $800 for my new beginning. I like to sow when it hurts. You know why? Because when it hurts, that's indicative of a sacrifice. When I say, Ooh, that's going to be a big chunk. <laughs> out of my bank account. That's not my tithes. That's not my offerings. That's not me giving to the leaders. That's not my alms. That's not my first fruits. I've already done this. Now these are faith seeds. These are mature seeds. These are, I'm securing my future. These are, I'm tending to the needs of this world. God is using me to cast my bread so that I can be a blessing to other people. And in turn, because I'm a generous giver, I'm going to reap my bread back swollen. It's going to find me again. Glory to God. It's going to come right back to me. Whatever you're casting out, it comes back to you. Listen to me. If you're not casting anything out, nothing is coming back to you. I want you to know that we have, we, we get so frustrated and we're like, but why, you know, why am I going through this? And sometimes we have to go through certain seasons of pruning, but let me tell you something. God will secure you. Do you hear me? And God will secure your future if you are faithful with sowing. So he says, give a portion to seven or even to eight. Why? Because you don't know what disaster may happen upon the earth. Listen, 
Listen, you don't know what's about to happen. You don't know what you're sowing for. You don't know what family member is going to benefit from this seed. You don't know what unsaved loved one in your life is going to find um, a church home and hear the voice of God calling, calling them because you've opened that up in the realm of the spirit for them. See, we sow finances, but we reap in various different ways. And I'm going to tell you all something. I've always been serious about giving as I've been very clear about. I would sow dimes, nickels, and pennies if that was all I had. But best believe if I was going into the house of God, I was going in there offering something um, because I love God. And again, we're going to talk about that. But literally, you go in with an offering. The, the scriptures literally say, I'll take your offering and go into the house of the Lord. You don't come before him expecting him to pour out so much upon you and change your life, but you're stingy with what you have. We read that scripture. We're going to read it again, that there's somebody who holds on to what they're supposed to give and they still are impoverished. Okay. You don't know what is going to happen. You don't know what you're sowing. So we sow finances. So I may have sown a dime and a nickel, but I reaped, you know, a business. I may have sown $2.70, but I'm going to reap a house. Let me tell you somebody in the comment section, and um, I didn't respond to it there because I didn't really feel the need to, but somebody said, Tiffany, how do you have so many nice things? You know, can you, can you tell us that? And you know what the Lord brought to mind this, this morning as I was um, speaking with him, fellowshipping and communing with him. Tell them that you got those things because I gave them to you because you're a generous sower. It doesn't even have to make sense how you get what you get. When you sow naturally, you reap supernaturally because you're taking a natural seed and you're sowing it for spiritual reasons. And you don't know what's going to materialize for you out of the realm of the spirit. Okay. You will have things that you just, it's just no way that you would be able to afford. So if anybody says, you know, I really, I want certain things, God, what am I supposed to do? Start sowing, start casting your bread upon the water. You are speaking to somebody who was literally, I didn't have money for food and I had my tithes and everything to the side and I refused to touch it. You have to go through seasons where you prove yourself faithful. And you also prove that you're not just giving to God because you want him to make you rich, but you're giving to him because you love him and you respect him. We have to learn how to love and respect God. He's not a genie. He's going to bless you. Harvest season is coming, but you have to want to sow based upon the fact that it's just what we're supposed to do as children of God. This is our duty. This is a part of our service. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so um, let's go down to verse three. Um, so here's wisdom. Solomon says, if the clouds are full, they will pour out rain on the earth. Let me ask y'all something. What can you do about rain falling? If the clouds get full, it's going to rain. That's just what's going to happen. If a tree falls to the south or to the north, wherever that tree falls, that's where it's going to lie. I'm going to ask you something. Are you going to catch the tree on its way down and try to push it up, hold it up, or push it in a different direction? No. Wherever that tree falls, that's where it stays. Wherever that tree falls, that's where it lies. And um, what the king is saying is what stuff is going to happen that's beyond your control. Okay. This example is um, 
what precedes this example is when he says, you don't know what disaster may happen on the earth. You don't know what you're going to encounter. Take your seed and sow it. Take that seed and sow it. It's more beneficial for you to sow than to save. He says, if the clouds are full, they will pour out rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, the place where the tree falls, there it will be. Um, things are bound to happen. You don't know what's going to happen, but stuff happens on the earth. Trees fall, it rains, and guess what? Things happen to human beings too, where they need uh, immediate provision, immediate security, immediate help, right? Listen to what he says. One who watches the wind will not sow, and the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. Listen to this, you all. If you sow based upon your circumstances, or if um, you sow based upon what you think may happen, you're not going to sow. If you sow based upon your circumstances and say, you know what? I don't even have that extra money to put away. I don't know um, what's going to happen. And I think that by the end of this year, I'm going to need this amount of money and stuff. like. I'm not even going to be casting out my bread like that. I can't. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to do my, my little obligation and the extra I'm leaving it. But this, um, the Solomon, he tells us, you don't know what's going to happen. Cast your bread upon the water. Sow it. Give a portion to seven or eight. Keep sowing. Take it. I've already sown. Well, sow again. I've already sow again. There have been people who have blessed my life and I will sow into their lives multiple times in one day. I will sow into their lives multiple times in one week. Why? Because I'm giving a portion of seven or eight to them. I don't know what's going to happen. And God forbid I take what's supposed to be sown in the spirit and I use it to do things for my flesh. God forbid I take what I'm supposed to be sowing and I start going shopping and all this other stuff. Uh -uh, we're not doing that. I would rather sow right now. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Right now, I am faithful with giving, then gave my first fruits, given to my leaders, and I give liberally. I give generously. I still need a dining room set. Do y'all understand? Still don't have one. And I will sit on my couch and eat. Don't laugh at me because I would rather take my money and sow it than save it or um, sow it into my flesh. Okay? I would rather sow it into the things of the spirit then sow it into things for my own carnal gratification. I want to see the kingdom of heaven advancing. I can take a couple of losses. I can make a couple of sacrifices, but I would much rather and on my heavenly scroll, it be said that God blessed me with something and I took it and I blessed his people with it rather than God blessed her with something and she took it and she just kept it all for herself. That's not how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to tell you something when you give generously like that and you give selflessly like that, guess what? There will come a time where God will bless you with something and he will say, here, baby, that's what I, I want you to go get that dining room set now. Now I want you to go get that new car. Okay. God has his time. We can't be selfish because quite frankly, the cattle on the thousand hill belong to God. The silver and gold all belongs to him. None of this stuff is ours. That gold that's back in our money, that belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. So how are you going to take his own stuff and be selfish with it? No, no, no. This belongs to you, God. I'm going to put this towards your work. Okay. Glory to God. So, um, you, you know, in verse four, he tells us if you're going to be looking out at circumstances, you're going to be watching the wind. You're not going to sow. If you're going to be looking at the clouds, 
you're not going to reap. If you're one who sows circumstantially and, oh, it has to be perfect conditions in order for me to do this because, you know, if the conditions are not right and I need this and I have this bill or I have that debt that I'm, I want to completely pay off or whatever our reasons are, you're not going to sow. You can't sow based upon those things. Look at what um, you have to sow by faith and you have to sow um, to secure your future and you have to trust that God will take care of the rest. Verse five, it says, just as you don't know the path of the wind or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you don't know the work of God who makes everything. You don't even know which way the wind is blowing, quite frankly, right now, as we speak, as I speak, as you listen to me speak, you, which way is the wind blowing? You don't know. And at what point did the bones in the womb of a woman, how did they, how did they develop? Come on now. You don't know. You probably, you probably don't know how them bones develop. You probably don't know. There's probably a good theory, but none of us are actually looking in there and, um, you know, bit by bit, second by second, or as the scientists recently said, nano bit, <laughs> I'm sorry, nano bit by nano bit, seeing how these bones are developing. But you know that the wind is blowing and you know that um, these bones are developing. So it says you don't know the work of God who makes everything, but guess what? You know, he's working. So when we sow, you don't know how God is going to work. It's a scripture that compares the womb to darkness where he says you formed me in darkness, right? Um, the womb to darkness or to a mystery. We don't know how God is going to work in those unseen areas of our lives. We don't know what God is going to do in those unseen mysterious areas, the things that we um, know are happening to other people, but we don't know how God is keeping those things back from us. We see a whole bunch of people all around this world suffering, going through things, people are dying, and we still keep making it. You don't know how you're sowing, how your obedience, how your humility, how your service is working for you behind the scenes. You say, man, that's happening to everybody, but it hasn't happened to me. Man, some people have it that much. I only had this little bit. I need to be thankful. There you go right there. There you go. You don't know how the work of, um, you don't know the work of God, excuse me, and how God is going to work. He makes everything. He made those bones in that baby inside the womb of the pregnant woman. He caused that wind. He made that wind and he caused it to blow wherever it's going. And trust me, he's the one who can turn your situation around for your favor and keep unseen things um, and unseen dangers and circumstances for happening in your life. And this is the psalm, not the psalmist, excuse me. Um, the king is saying, so because you don't know what's going to happen. And when you give a portion to seven or to eight, when you take that seed and you sow it liberally, God is going to bless you. God is going to cover you. God is going to secure you. You don't know the work of God who makes everything. God is going to heal you. You don't know how that seed is going to sprout. You don't know what kind of fruit is going to come from that seed. Okay. Just like we don't know the path of the winds and all that stuff. We don't know the work of God who makes everything. Okay. We don't know what God is doing for us in those areas where we can't even see. 
Okay, but we know God is working something. We thank God for our safety. We thank God for providing for us. We thank him for taking care of us. We thank him for healing us. We thank him for our health. There's so many things we want from God, but we want to give him so little or just what we feel comfortable enough to give him. No, that's not how that works. Um, verse six, in the morning, sow your seed. Because listen, if you just give just enough, then you're going to have just enough. The Bible specifically says, if you sow sparingly, you shall reap sparingly. So what does this mean? You are going to reap according to what you've sown. Okay. Okay. Verse six, in the morning, sow your seed and at evening, do not let your hand rest. It says, don't get tired of sowing. Okay. At the opportunities that you have, do it. There's always going to be an opportunity for you to do it. He says, because you don't know which will succeed, whether the one or the other, or if both of them will be equally good. So, um, so as often as you have the opportunity, because you don't know what's coming back to you or how it's going to come back. You know, sometimes we go through those hard seasons and we're like, man, I've been sowing. And he's like, you don't know which one of those seeds you sown is about to um, come back for you. You don't know all those seeds may come back at once and be equally good. You don't know. He says, but sow in the morning, sow in the evening, sow when it's bright, sow when it's a little dark. So because you don't know. What's going to happen? You don't know how that seed is going to come back to you. Like I said, you can sow a financial seed and you can reap a house. You can sow a financial seed and you can reap salvation for someone in your family. Remember in this Ruth story, Jesus is, um, or Boaz is a type of Christ as the kinsman redeemer. Okay. And it's very, very likely that for many of us, our family members are benefiting from our level of spirituality. Do you hear me? Some of our family members who don't even know to pray are still around, still safe and still provided for because we're praying for them and because we're sowing and because we're saved. Amen. Amen. Because their names are in our mouths. These are kingdom dynamics. These are kingdom dynamics. The earth does not teach you to be this way. The world will not teach you to be this way, but the kingdom teaches you to be this way. Abraham, he gave his tithe to Melchizedek who blessed him. Amen. So he gave him the tithe and Melchizedek blessed him. He gave the priest that thing. Jacob told God, he says, if you take care of me. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to pull that scripture up because I absolutely love it. And I love it because it proves that the tithe didn't go anywhere and tithing was not law. Melchizedek and Abraham was not under uh, uh, the Levitical law or under the law of Moses at all. Neither was Jacob. So listen to this, y'all. In Genesis 28, and let's see, let's start at verse 18. And what version am I reading? The Holman Christian Standard Bible. It says, early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that was near his head and set it up as a marker. He poured oil on top of it and named the place Bethel, though previously the city was named Luz. And I want you to say, I want you to know, excuse me, that this is a place where God met him. And he was able to say, surely God is in this place. And it's so important that when we encounter God in a church, in a ministry, whatever, that we sow there. He says, what an awesome place there is. There's no other 
Um, none other than the house of God. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Why? Because God met me here. God spoke to me in this place or through this place. Okay. Um, God was in this church. God was in this ministry. God was in this person. I'm going to bless this place. I'm going to give. So listen to what he says in verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow. If God will be with me and watch over me on this journey. And this is what we, he, we want him to do for us. We want God to be with us and watch over us on our journey. If he provides me with food to eat and clothing to wear. We want God to do that for us as we're journeying um, on our way to heaven. We want him to provide us with food and clothing. And if I return safely to my father's house, we want to dwell in safety as we are on this earth. Listen, um, and on our way to our father's house, listen, listen, then the Lord will be my God. God is doing all of these things for me. He's protecting me. He's keeping me safe. He's providing for me. He is definitely my God. Listen, this stone that I have set up as a marker will be God's house. Listen, and I will give to you a 10th of all that you give me. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. This is before the law. Moses wasn't born. Okay. Um, and we can't even say that Levi had started having children or anything like that. As a matter of fact, did no, no, I don't even, I'm sorry. I'm reading this. <laughs> um, Jacob didn't even have children yet. Did he? Jacob didn't even have his kids yet. Jacob didn't even have his children yet. So Levi wasn't even born yet. Okay. So this was before the law. This was before Moses. This is before Levi was even born. This is just the way that God wants his people to handle the income and the money that he gives to them. Okay. And he's very, it's so clear throughout scripture, the way he wants us to handle things. We just have to grow up and mature and handle things the way God says. These are kingdom dynamics. He told him, if you're going to provide for me, you're going to watch over me. Um, you know, you're going to cause me to dwell safely as I journey to my father's house. You're going to be my God and I'm going to give you a tenth of everything. What does that imply? The one that we're giving that tithe to or that extra seed to that tithe and that offering to that's listen, we're making that our God. So if you have not been paying tithes and giving offerings, but you've been shopping, you've been eating. That's when scripture talks about you sowing into the flesh, corruption, death and decay. How are you going to make those things your God? How are you going to show appreciation in your finances to those things, but not to God? How is God in his house an afterthought? Let me y'all, let me tell y'all something. I have to go to Haggai. I have to, y'all want to go with me, go with me to Haggai. Because these are scriptures that I absolutely live by. Y'all don't even understand these things. This stuff is real. This scriptural giving thing is real. And the way God feels about it is absolutely real. And we cannot play when it comes to the things of God. And when it comes to the house of God, God is serious about his house. So let's see. Um, Haggai one. Hmm. Listen to what it says. Mm, let's see verse two, that this is what the Lord of hosts says. And I'm reading the Berean study Bible. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came through Haggai, the prophet saying, is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? 
So let me tell y'all, God is looking at you. He's watching the way you're living. He's watching what you're sowing into. And he's seeing how you'll let his house and his ministers and his leaders and the people that are helping you to make it into heaven, um, how you'll let them lack. He's watching. I'm telling you, God is documenting and he's looking. Now, this is what the Lord of hosts says. Consider carefully your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but never get warm. You earn wages to put into a bag pierced through. He says, you're putting your wages into a purse that has holes in it. This is what the Lord of hosts says. Consider carefully your ways. I'm telling you, pay attention to what y'all doing, what you're sowing into and how you're living. Um, go up into the hills, bring down lumber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. Says the Lord, you expected much, but behold, it amounted to little and what you brought home. I blew away. Why declares the Lord of hosts, because my house still lies in ruins while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, on account of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth has withheld its crops. I have summoned a drought on the fields and on the mountains and on the grain, new wine and oil and whatever the ground yields on man and beast and on all the labors of your hand. Why? Why? Because they were not taking care of the house of God. They were allowing the things that pertain to God in his house to lie in ruins. While God's house was suffering needs, these people were trying to build up their own lives, build up their own houses, build up their own pleasures and indulge in their own desires. And God is saying, but look at my house. You don't realize that you haven't been sowing, you haven't been caring, but you haven't really been prospering either. You still have to work like a slave. You still have to punch that same time clock. You still ain't really start that business yet. All those things that you're praying to me about that you want to receive and that you want to get. It's a struggle for all that stuff. Why? Because you don't care about my house. You care about your house. I love that scripture, Haggai. I, I promise you. Last time I read it, I immediately stopped and went and sold somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, uh -uh, I ain't playing. Let me just give a free will. Let me just give this love seed, whatever y'all want to call it. I'm going to cast my bread wherever. Let me divide another portion in the name of Jesus. I'm not playing with God. Let me build his house. Let me contribute to the work of the ministry. We all want so much stuff. We all have so much things that we're laying before God. We don't want to sow. As scripture says, you don't know how this thing is coming back to you. You don't know what this, which seed is going to prosper, how it's going to go. You need to sow because that it may sprout fruits of deliverance for you. You don't know. You don't know what God is going to do with that seed. You sow it. It's a natural seed, but it becomes supernatural when you put it in the hands of God. And yes, he can bless you with whatever he wants to bless you with. Glory to the name of the Lord. What does he say? Jesus says, you give and it shall be given unto you. He doesn't say save for it. He doesn't say you got to work hard for it. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. How? Good measure. That means it's going to be a lot pressed down. That means it's going to be so much that they have to stuff it in, shake it together. They got to shake it around to see if they can just get some more air out to make more room. Press down, shaking together, running over. Shall I cause men to what? Give into your bosom. Wow. Wow. That's God's way. That's God's way. Our way is flesh. 
Our way is strife. Our way is penny pinching. And God says, my way is give. And then it shall be given unto you. Simple equation, kingdom dynamics, give and it shall be given. It's a part of our service. Okay. It's a part of our service. And we're going to revisit Proverbs chapter 11. And I'm going to be reading what version is this? The English standard version. Let's go. One who gives freely. And we're starting at verse 24. One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. My God. Mm. Let me tell y'all. I'm going to say it again. One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. So I'm going to tell y'all this story about um, someone I've known, right? Wonderful person, actually a saint, saved everything, but they're just really meticulous about their car. So they would not allow anybody to drive their car or really, you know, they would act all when you get in it, be careful, watch your fingerprints, all that stuff. And listen, that's their stuff. They have the right to be that way. Now, um, the Lord gave me this example and he wanted me to tell them and he wants me to share this example. Okay. In correlation with this scripture. So me personally, I'm not like that with my vehicles. I've never been that way. You can take my car. You can drive it to the store real quick. You can do whatever you want to do. It's a car. You know what I'm saying? Um, I pray that it stays safe. We all stay safe. We will in the name of Jesus and it's going to be fine. You're going to bring it right on back. It's just a car. You know, I, I did not, um, really, I didn't act funny with my stuff. Okay. And one day the Lord gave me this message for, um, the person who was really meticulous with their car and, you know, wouldn't let anybody touch it, wouldn't let anybody drive it, all that other stuff. He said, tell them that I said, because of the way they act with their car, they won't get a new one. But because of the way you are with your stuff, You'll always have something new. Okay. This is what God told me to tell them. I told it to them. Of course, it sounds like you're being combative, but I'm like, the Lord just wanted me to tell you that. But why am I, why am I telling you this story? God wants me to tell this story because guess what? I always have something new y'all. Like it doesn't even make any sense. So I got in 2020, I got a 2021 all white Dodge Durango, um, nice kitted out specs, whatever you want to call it, all that stuff. I don't know, but it was a nice one. It hit um, all my wish lists. I said, you know, I want leather interior. I want this. I want that. I want that, you know, um, and it had all that plus. Okay. And guess what? I got that one because God told me I was praying and he said, go get a new car. Um, and there were certain things that I wanted. And he said, everything that you want, go, go get it. And so, um, it just so happens my mom, she knows people at this dealership and she called them and they're like, no, we don't have that call back five minutes later, not even five minutes later, honestly. And was like, we got it. <laughs> everything plus, 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 um, y'all come get ready. Um, test drive one that we have here. Check it out. And we're going to get her the one she wants and the color she wants with the interior that she wants and all that other special stuff. Went there, got that. No problem. Took that truck. Never. I didn't act funny with it. I don't, I just don't. It's, it's stuff. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I was driving y'all home in it. I was driving y'all to y'all hotels in it. 
I was very generous and liberal with that truck. Do you understand me? I did not act funny with my stuff, period. I just did not. There's other things I would talk about. I could talk about, but no, matter of fact, I can't talk about, so I won't talk about, but I was not funny with my stuff, okay? Liberal with my stuff. Guess what? Took that truck. I got it in 2020, mind you. It was a 2021. Took that same truck and God is telling me the whole time, you're going to have, y'all already know the kind of car I have. You're going to have this particular kind of car. Tell them because God wanted me to tell people around me so that when I got it, it was a testimony. And I pray that we all are getting out of this what we're supposed to get. So anyway, go to the, the dealership and they're like, well, what's wrong with the Durango? And I'm like, nothing. God told me to come here and get this particular kind of car that looks this particular way. And he's like, okay, y'all, I did not, they did not, listen, point blank, I did not qualify. I could not afford that car. Do y'all understand? <laughs> like, let me just put it plainly. When God is finished, I got that car. When God is finished with you, you're going to have not what you want, but what God wants you to have. And I want you to understand that scripture says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. So I'm thinking, you know, I really want a nice truck. I want a white truck with, you know, some type of a nice tan leather interior and stuff like that. Like, you know, I want something like that. That's what I wanted. He got me that. But then he said, I'm going to do immeasurably. I'm going to do exceeding abundantly above what you've asked for, what you think and what you have. Go get this one now. Go get this one. Why? Because there's one who gives freely yet grows all the richer. When God is blessing you, you all, you don't have to penny pinch. You don't have to save for it because you've sown for it. It's your future with those things are secure. People say, well, Tiffany, how do you get those things? Because I'm a sower because God's grace is upon my life for those reasons you know, to give me those type of blessings. Like we all got grace, but there's a special kind of grace on a person who gives special kind of seeds. So I tell you the tithes and the offerings, they got me the window. That was a nice truck. My first fruits though, <laughs> that got me what I couldn't afford. That first fruits got me <laughs> supernatural favor. That first fruits, <laughs> That first fruit's got numbers moved around in systems. That first fruit caused God to turn the hearts of the kings who were, you know, a part of whether or not they were going to allow me to drive away with that car. God turned their hearts. God changed numbers. God got me in there. Why? Because there is one who gives freely yet grows all the richer, all the richer, all the richer, even in times in this ministry where the people who follow the ministry chose not to give, I still had all my needs met. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. God is going to bless you for what you've sown, period. You live according to a completely different dynamic when you step into being a generous giver. It's just what lines up and happens for other people. It's just not going to line up that way for you. It's not going to happen that way for you. Because according to Ecclesiastes in 11, you've given and divided your seed um, seven and eight different ways. So it's going to come back to you just like that. 
You're securing your future with what you've sown. You're blessing your family with the way you serve in that regard. And in the way you serve general in general, but um, the Lord wants me talking about um, this seed. And again, you may not have anything to give. Remember this for the season when you do. This right here is meat. This is good food. This is the gospel truth. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm going to read the Berean Study Bible. Listen to this. I'm going to get through it quick. Now, about the service to the saints. Remember that word. There is no need for me to write to you. This is a part of our reasonable service. Okay? When we're presenting ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, you can't present yourself holy and acceptable and be stingy. That's just not how that goes. You can't present yourself to God um, holy and acceptable and not know that you're supposed to give your tithes and your offerings. You you, you, you can't be. Yeah, yeah, come on. Come on here. Um, now about the service to the saints, there is no need for me to write unto you for I know your eagerness to help. And I have been boasting to the Macedonians that since last year you were in Achaia, um, you in Achaia were prepared to give. And, um, again, this is second Corinthians chapter nine and your zeal has stirred most of them to do likewise. Thank you. When we, when we're zealous to give, we stir up our siblings in Christ to be givers too. I pray that you're being stirred up. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove empty, but that you will be prepared. Just as I said, look at what he's saying. Prepare yourself to give. This is something that we go into that we are calculating and we are happy about like, yep, I'm giving this much. I'm giving as much as I can watch. I'm going into this prepared. Nobody has to pull it out of my hands. I'm giving this freely. I'm prepared with whatever it is that the Lord is leading me to give. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me in find you unprepared, we, to say nothing of you, would be ashamed of having been so confident, okay? So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you beforehand and make arrangements for, listen to this, the bountiful gift you had promised. He said, listen, by the time I get there, I'm going to be ashamed if y'all are not ready with this seed. Do you hear me? I'm sending people, this is how important giving is and supporting ministry is. I'm sending people who will get there before me and I want these people to prepare you and to get all of this seed together so that when I come this bountiful, I can have this bountiful gift that you have promised. This way your gift will be prepared generously and not begrudgingly. What is he saying? Prepare to give as much as you can. Don't do nothing last minute. Don't do anything that you're, you know, you feel like you were, Oh, I only got $20. No, I'm giving you plenty of time plan this thing, get it together and give generously. Okay. <laughs> Ahead of time. Think of, you know what? I do got some money coming. I'm a, I'm going to give all of that. He's saying, don't give nothing begrudgingly. Don't try to give me nothing on the side plan and give generously. And this is the word of God. You all period. And I live according to these dynamics. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This is an apostle speaking to the church. Each one should give what he has decided to give, decided in his heart to give, not out of regret or, or compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. So when you give it, you're not giving it like, oh yeah, well, got to give this money. 
or you're not giving it like, oh, well, you know, whatever. Somebody's forcing me to just, you know, Tiffany says so, so whatever. No, God wants you to give it cheerfully. That's what God loves. Okay. And God is able to make all grace. Listen to this. We're not sowing for nothing. Listen to this. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Listen to this. So that in all things, listen, at all times, listen, having all that you need, listen, you will abound in every good work. Some of us don't have what we need. Some of us are lacking. Some of us are frustrated and some of us are struggling because we don't give cheerfully and we don't give generously. God is able. Listen, once you have given cheerfully, God is able. Listen to this. All grace to abound with you so that in all things you don't know. I t I'm telling you, you sow this seed, but once you place it in the hands of God, it becomes supernatural. You don't know how you're getting that back. You don't know what fruit is sprouting. He says all grace will abound to you so that in all things at all times like we talked about you see things happening to other people and they just not happening to you you don't know which way the wind is blowing you don't know but god is working all that stuff just like you don't know the ways god is keeping you because you've been faithful to giving and yes scripture itself is connecting the two scripture connects the two scripture okay we need to start thinking how we can give more how can I, when, when the next, what's the next check I got to give? What else can I do? Okay. Especially if you're one who has not been faithful, but I'm teaching you by the spirit of God to be generous. I'm teaching you to go above and beyond what you feel is required of you and do it happily. Do it with joy. Thank God that you can do it. Come on. These are kings and priests. This is the kingdom of God. This, that's what you're sowing into. You're not sowing into the flesh. You're not sowing into the mall. You're not sowing into your favorite restaurant. You're sowing into the kingdom of heaven. Glory to God. And when you do that, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, that means it can be a famine. It can be a recession. The economy can crash. The dollar can lose its value, but at all times. So even in those times, in times of war in times of poverty, when people are getting evicted, when all these things are going on at all times, you'll have all that you need and you will abound. Listen in every good work, every good thing, every godly thing, every spirit led thing that you do, you will abound in it. Hallelujah. You won't be unfruitful. Your leaves will not wither. Y'all going to get me to, um, speaking in tongues. Let me relax. Let me relax. And then it goes on to say, as it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness. Listen to this endures for ever. When a person takes their gifts and they scatter it, what does the scripture say? Cast your bread, throw it out there. Okay. Give away your gifts to those who need it. His righteousness endures forever. Give it service to the saints, give to the saints, give to the kingdom, give to those in need, give, divide that portion seven or eight. There are certain seeds I'm not dividing up. I don't divide up the first fruits. That's not going all over the place. I give that to one place. Also with my tithe, I give that one place. Okay. That's just how I do it. Um, 
But when it comes to the other ones, when it comes to alms, scattering your gifts to the poor, absolutely. I'm giving it here. I'm giving it here. I'm giving it here. Let me check out this page. See what I can do here. And your righteousness, because of the way you give, y'all got to understand, endures forever. Righteousness is directly connected with giving to those in need. Righteousness is what that word alms means. When Jesus says, when you give alms, don't do it in front of everybody so everybody can see and know all your business and say how great you are. You scatter that stuff and watch your righteousness increase. The only thing that's going to happen is people don't know what you're doing in secret, but people will see you rewarded openly. How did you get that? What kind of favor is that? Where did you get those things from? So, so, so. Verse 10, now he who supplies the seed to the sower, y'all not saying nothing, and bread for food, listen, will supply and multiply your store of seed and will increase the harvest of your righteousness. Listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. He says the one who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply the amount of seed that you have to plant. That means when you prove yourself to be a sower, to be a cheerful giver, to be generous, God will actually increase the amount of money you are trusted with because he knows that you're going to do the right thing with it. And guess what? It's a harvest for you of righteousness. Listen to what else he says. You will be enriched in every way to be generous on every occasion so that through us, your giving will produce thanksgiving to God. Listen to this. When you sow, God supplies for you so much that you are able to continue. You are enriched in every way to be generous on every occasion. There will never be a time when you say, you know what? I, I just can't give. I can't afford to give. No, when you prove yourself to be generous with whatever God places in your hand and you're not holding on to it, but you're willing to give it, God will continue to place more and more into your hands because you will be a vessel that he says, I can trust them with finances. I can trust them with abundance because it's not going to Gucci. It's not going to Louis Vuitton. It's going to my kingdom. Y'all better stop it now. Verse 12, for this ministry of service, y'all, Okay, here, this ministry of service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but listen, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Whoa, whoa. So we are not just giving because we want to support the kingdom and the people in the kingdom, the saints, right? We are giving as an overflowing expression of thanksgiving to God, many expressions of thanksgiving to God. That's what we're doing. When we give and when we give generously, we are actually showing our gratefulness and our thankfulness. And this is what um, we were talking about at the beginning of this lesson. I am so grateful for God's servants. I am so grateful for the way they help me. I'm so grateful for the way they are able to deliver his word and lead me by the spirit of the living God onto the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I am grateful for the work of the saints. I show my thanksgiving to God by what I give to them, by what I give to the saints, by what I give to the kingdom. Because of the proof, 
This ministry provides the saints will glorify God for your obedient confession. Listen of the gospel of Jesus Christ and for the generosity of your contribution to them and to all the others. Listen to this because of the proof this ministry provides. You, prov you provide, let me relax. You provide proof <laughs> of your profession and your obedience by which you contribute. Can you imagine because of the proof this ministry provides with having that thing prepared for him for the work of the ministry, the saints will glorify your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ. They can give God glory that givers like you are a part of the body of Christ and for the generosity of your contribution to them and to all others and their prayers for you will express their affection for you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift or indescribable gift. But when you are, um, when you are giving like that, that's a grace that God has placed upon your life. And we want all kinds of grace to be placed upon our lives. Okay. And we are, we're, we're going to Galatians six. And this is something that, um, of course, you know, I've read before, and I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation, Galatians 6, or Galatians, as some of the um, uh, the preachers call it. Um, let's go here. That's not how you pronounce it. Those, I don't think so anyway. <laughs> Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So let's not get tired of what of doing what is good. And at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Does scripture support scripture, you all? Scripture is supporting scripture for us, isn't it? We're supposed to give. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. If you're taught in the word, you should provide for your teachers sharing all good things with them. That's Bible. That's God's way. That's kingdom dynamics. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. We are learning so much today that the seed actually secures you in so many different ways, not just financially, the way you give and how you give and how many areas you give to secures you from whatever could potentially happen. And God expects you to give generously. That's his desire so that he can trust you with more. A lot of us are stingy with the little bit that we have and how can he trust us with more? We're going to be stingy with that too. We want to shop it up with the little bit that we have. So we're going to shop it up if he were to bless us with a lot. God is looking for sowers, not shoppers. God needs you to sow, not save. He'll secure your future. He don't need your help for that. Thank you, Jesus. He just wants you to do what the Bible says. Okay. I tell you, um, I literally did not know this. And what does Jesus say in one of the gospels? I believe it's in Mark. He says, happy um, for when you know this, happy are you if you do it. Okay. It's a good thing to know what God's word says and then to do it. We'll be happy. We'll be good. We'll be secure. 
and um, everything in our lives, all, 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 as we were, as we saw in Second Corinthians nine, will be covered and thoroughly provided for and furnished. Thank you, Jesus. So this is not taught in churches. They'll tell you, oh, you know, you give a love offering sometime, or you know, can we please just raise a special offering for your leader? But we need to teach the Bible. This is not something that just should happen. Um, you know, sometimes on occasion, this is the way we're supposed to live. This is the way we're supposed to conduct our finances. We are supposed to make sure that we're providing for our teachers. I always tell people, this is why Jewish people are so blessed because this is what they do. They pay their tithes. They give their offerings. They give to the poor and they take their rabbis are taken care of. Housing is taken care of. Food is taken care of. Clothing, everything they need. They don't have to pay for anything as they teach them that word. Do you, do y'all understand? And I really feel like because they follow all the ways of scriptural giving, their community is well protected, well covered, well provided for. They're able to live among themselves, have their own businesses and everything right in the midst of a wicked and perverted nation. Why? Because they follow God's ways better than the Christians. Okay. Y'all have a problem with giving to your teachers. Y'all have problems with paying tithes and offerings. If somebody were to say, listen, you need to be paying, um, the mortgage for your pastor. We need to be paying, um, their car note. We need to make sure they have a car that they don't have to worry about anything as they go back and forth, you know, um, in their daily life. We also need to make sure that they have food to eat and things of that nature as they're doing the work of the Lord. Most of us would be highly offended. No, I gave my tithe. I ain't doing all that. Listen, this is God's way. Those who are taught in the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. That's Bible. And God is so serious about his word. I didn't know this, but when I learned it, I went back and sowed into the life of the, the man of God whose church I was saved in. He baptized me first. I was filled with the Holy Spirit in his church. He deserves to get my seed, even though I've moved on and it's been years literally like almost 10 years now, I've moved all the way on. When I learned this scriptural truth, I contacted him and I said, please tell me your cash app or your PayPal or something. I did not know Galatians six and now I do. So he may not be the one that's leading me anymore, but I made sure I sold into his life to show my appreciation and to make sure that I was in line with scripture. Do y'all hear me? This thing is real. This thing is Bible. We want to preach some things like some things are more serious than others. No, this is serious. And we see kingdom dynamics at work. We see that when you do things, you're covered. We, um, in all areas, when you, when you, um, sow these seeds, you're covered, not just do things. Excuse me. When you, um, sow these seeds, you are covered in every area. God is securing your future. God is causing you um, to abound in all ways at all times, no matter what's going on. It's not going to be happening to you because you're a sower. This is Bible. And we are going to finish this up. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 20 and 35. And listen to what it says. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Can you imagine that God is saying all that hard work you're doing, all that that you're putting in, I want you to take whatever you receive from your work and give it. Give it to those in need. Give it to the needs of the ministry. Give it to the work of the ministry. 
give it to wherever there's a need. Can you imagine? We don't live that way. We live selfishly. That's this common secular culture. We don't see that example from the first century church. That's not the doctrine that they live by. And what we see Ruth doing, we, we in our Ruth season, we see her working hard. And then we see her giving the fruit of that hard labor to someone else um, as a part of her service. So I pray that y'all are, I, I, you know what? I, I want y'all to be real Christians. Do y'all understand me? Not ones who pick and choose, not ones who are partial and all that other stuff. Literally, I want y'all to be real Christians. I want y'all to know the truth and I want you all to live the truth. Okay. Glory to God. I want you all to be blessed in the name of the Lord. I pray that this is a blessing to you because it's a blessing to me. It always encourages me to know what the Bible says and to be led to do the right thing. So I pray you all are encouraged. I pray that you're happy that you're going into 2022 with this understanding of God's kingdom dynamics. Okay. And um, God bless you in the name of Jesus. Enjoy your day. Bye.